Hello and welcome to Eat or No. Nope. Hello, hello and welcome to no. Hello. 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 Welcome to Eat or No. Let. Yeah. My name is. If we ever did a dog themed episode, <laughs> we should howl the hello. Hello. That's good. In, instead of the current episode that we're doing, which is vaudeville. <laughs> I, I brought books about uh, barbershop quartets. I assume that's what you guys brought. All right. Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris. And this week I'm looking for the best book named A Short History of Nearly Everything. To help me, our two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. All right, Nick. My name is Joe Holshue. I was firmly rebuked for the last intro that we did, so you can't I'm just gonna <laughs> bring up the cut material. Holy fucking shit! Uh, Nick, if you're looking for a book called "A Short History of Nearly Everything," I have a tremendous coincidence for you. I brought a book called that this week. Ian, I assume you brought a book called that as well. well. So, it, um, hello, my name is Dr. Andy Young. I'm a high school English teacher. This week, I did read um, the book, A Short Everything of Nearly History, Mm -hmm. but I really feel I'm kind of getting some vibes. You guys, you don't want to hear that. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think instead I will just play second fiddle. And I do mean that literally. I'll be playing fiddle quietly in the background (laughs) uh, throughout today's episode. And I'm excited to hear about history and brevity and nearness and everything. Um, And I also have uh, some contributions, which I'll spring upon you in your least suspecting moment. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs> We've brought this author before, correct? And yeah. What? Oh, a walk in the woods. A walk yeah, in the his, woods. His abortive attempt to walk the <laughs> Appalachian Trail. Oh, right. This is the book about how the guy walked the Appalachian Trail uh, or Appalachian Trail, and uh, mm-hmm, and then just didn't. Say. He didn't didn't didn't, fi- didn't finish the trail. He finished the book, not the trail he though. Finished the book. It's a very good book. Much acclaim. Made a movie out of it like twenty years later. But no, he not only did he not finish the Appalachian Trail, he um he kind of wasn't even close to finishing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, there's a, there's a scene in the book where there's a four foot long map of the trail and he has covered the first, I, I forget if it was four inches or six inches, but it was some really, really small amount. Let us know, Bill. Yeah, Bill, call in. I'm concerned. I don't know what your book is about, Joe, but does he finish it? Uh, <laughs> does he finish the book about everything? Yes. Well, that's um, probably, it was probably going to originally be named, uh, everything. A short history of everything. Yeah. But then he, he didn't, didn't finish. So nearly everything. Yeah. yeah. Maybe so he has a pattern of never, uh, finishing his topics. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I feel like I shouldn't have to come up here and defend Bill Bryson. He's much beloved. He writes many very good books. <laughs> Ian's just kind of being a butt about him. Me? Never. <laughs> yeah. And Nick. Welcome litheads. You don't know lit. A weekly, or as we call it, strongly, strongly podcast, podcast, where typically every week we bring a theme, and Ian and Joe bring book recommendations within that theme. But not this week. We're doing another cop out because um, it's tax season. It's, it's, it's so a crazy time. Yeah, of it's year, just so guys. busy this time. I of mean, year. and honestly, we there's so much income from this show. Oh right? yeah, our Taxes audible sponsorships. Very tricky. Oh, Mostly uh, the audible money is mm. what complicates our taxes. Joe, what's uh, what's this book about? And, uh, All right, hang on, I, hang on. I, I, Hang on. Yeah. Oh, you want to do more banter? Or no, I want to do more rules. 
There are rules to yeah, this. Yeah, but our rules this. to this show. Yeah, I feel okay. like Nick so, likes to skip the rules. Like uh, as soon as we get to a cop out episode, Nick's like, I don't know how to do this. There's no there's no rhyme or reason for this. No, I just think it's bullshit that you guys, you know, get to do less and I want to do less <laughs> work. So Nick's well. not reading those rules. <laughs> I'm not gonna read the rules. It's a cop out. Nobody works hard on cop out episodes. <laughs> I worked hard. <laughs> okay, and, and then I will I'll also Nobody. share that uh, if, if there are no if there are no official rules, I will share some shadow <laughs> rules um <laughs> which i worked very hard on these are two I, I did a bunch of research read several thousand pages of critics talking about history and everything and shortness and nearness um and i came up with these the, these two following uh pieces of wisdom which are our shadow rules first from john w gardner history never looks like history when you are living through it okay that's rule number one And rule number two is from Ambrose Bierce. More on him in a moment. Ambrose Bierce says that history is an account, mostly false, of events, mostly unimportant, which are brought about by rulers, mostly knaves, and soldiers, mostly fools. All right. Joe, we're going to be holding you to these. (laughs) Joe, you're on notice. Ambrose Bierce Mm -hmm. uh, was a a journalist who in the 19 teens decided he would like to go to he was pretty old by then he was like i'd like to just go to mexico and see what's happening down there with pancho villa and the the bandits and so we went down there and he disappeared and we don't know when he died probably shortly after he arrived (laughs) (laughs) okay i guess for me to talk about this book uh for you to really get why i love this book this is a book about science my own science class experience i don't know if this will surprise you or not i was um When I was in school, I got exactly two different grades while I was in high school. I got A's and I got D's, right? Like that was it. I got A's in classes that I enjoyed. I got A's in a lot of English classes and I got D's in everything else. And there is no class that I deed harder in than in my science class. Jesus Christ, there's got to be a better way to put that. I had such a bad experience with science when I was in school. Like we took, uh, we took chemistry, we took biology, we took physics, we took all the classic sciences. And I thought they were hard and impossible and boring and pointless. Um, I struggled with it. I wasn't good at it. I didn't like it. And guys, I think science maybe didn't like me. I don't think that makes sense. <laughs> guys, no, no, not only does that make sense, I don't know what we would possibly say to that. Okay. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes I just well, like I know to we don't like you, so... <laughs> We got something in common with science there, at least. All right, Nick, when he says a brief history of nearly everything, a short history of nearly everything, what he's really talking about is a short history of scientific discovery. He goes back pretty far. He goes back to like, you know, Galileo. He goes back to Copernicus. And he talks about any area of science that you can think of. So there's chapters on geology. There's chapters on the origins of the universe. There's chapter chapters on the origins of life, on plate tectonics. Like all like the heavy hitters from science class are covered in here. Yes. Like anything that you had cutaway diagrams of in your textbook in school, um, he covers here. That's that's why they're called classics because they were in class. Right, right, right. Nice. You got it. Um, so, Joe, you know nothing gets me more excited than being able to guess what your books are about while simultaneously knowing nothing about them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is this book basically like, I'm going to take these topics and make them approachable and relevant? Is that pretty much what this is? Yeah, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, he basically says, hey, I'm going to take these topics, these 
topics that might be perceived as like dry or uninteresting or intimidating. And I'm going to try to bring them to life. Like I'm going to tell you the story of plate tectonics. Yes. But in order for me to educate you about plate tectonics, I'm going to tell you the story about like how scientists figured it out. I'm going to introduce scientists as characters with like quirks and features. I'm going to introduce like scientific feuds of like people that were disagreeing. I'm going to introduce like, like mean things that scientists said about one another um, and put it in here. He basically turns the history of science, Bill Bryson, um, through his like funny, quirky, charming way, which is a, a style that really just works on me. He turns it into like a fun story about science. And he does it mostly not through saying, hey, this is exactly how plate tectonics work. This is exactly how nuclear fission works. He he mostly does it through, hey, let me tell you stories about how these things were discovered. Let me tell you what we used to think. Let me tell you about this character that came along. Let me tell you about all like the weird things in this character. And let me tell you what he figured out, how he figured it out. And then let me as a like 50-year-old British American man with no scientific training, let me try to put this in some context for you. Like, let me try to give you perspective as to just how big the universe is. Let me try to give you perspective as to just how short of a time human beings have been a thing on this planet. And Bill Bryson really has kind of a genius for putting that perspective in. Uh, it's, It's a mix of a lot of things that I really like. I'm sorry. What is this man's qualifications? Oh, so Bill Bryson. He's a a straight white man. He knows things. (laughs) He's a man of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know he's well-traveled for most of the trails he's been on. Um, Mm -hmm. Not, sorry, not, yeah, anyway. And, but what, uh, what does this guy know about uh, the universe? Yeah. So good question. He says himself in the intro to the book, he says nothing. Like I realized like there was all this stuff that I had heard about. Right. Like I, I had all these scientific facts floating in my mind. E equals MC square or, you know, the density What's that of all water. about. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. He's like, and I realized I had no grounding for any of these things. So here I am. I've made my career so far as a travel writer. I wanted to kind of take the same experience, like the same way that I talk about exploring a new country or exploring a new place, but exp- but use it as I explore this field of science. Gotcha. He then. So he oh, then goes so out. So it's it's an intele- it's an intellectual excursion as opposed to um, uh, geographical, right? And it's an intellectual excursion which he has tons of tour guides for. Like he bre- he reads a ton of background information for this, like including like firsthand accounts and diaries of these scientists. He talks to like the leading scientists in these fields at the time and like has them like in his very polite way is like, Hey, I'm terribly sorry about Pardon. this. I'm a, yes. I'm an incredible idiot. Can you please explain this to me? And then presumably after they would, he would say, okay, can you please explain it to me a little bit more simply than that? I, one of the things I love about Bill Bryson is that he, 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 he's an every man as an, as an every man. He approaches things in a sort of um, in a sort of accessible way, mm-hmm. in a way that we might approach. We we might look at we might look at okay, we might look at uh, uh, the the Appalachian Trail and say I'll do it, and then get two in two inches up and then say I can't do it. Mm-hmm. He might kind of look around at the world around him and say, you know, I know 
that the theory of relativity was something that, that was revolutionary, but I don't know why or what it means. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes and writes a book about it. And then he tells us, and I think that last part of where he tells us, this is what happened to me is the most remarkable, maybe endearing, maybe <laughs> aggravating, but it's just like, I don't know a lot of people who would just sort of admit like, Hey, I, I, I knew things. I didn't know why they mattered or why, I, why I knew them or what they meant. So I decided to investigate and here, and here are my investigations. I believe that you can, that they'll be interesting to you. Mm-hmm. This guy's walking around with just the biggest safety net in the world. <laughs> just, there's no topic <laughs> big enough that he's not like, I can do that. Okay, so it's actually crazy that you say that because when he wrote this book, it was kind of an anomaly in his right in mm. his writing. Like he he had written books about you know traveling in Australia. He'd written books about coming back to America. He'd write he'd written like these books about actual travel. Then he wrote this book, which was kind of this intellectual travel. Right since he wrote this book, some of his best selling books have been books that pretty much are this same framework where he's like, look, I'm going to take one vessel. So maybe not everything, but I'm going to take the human body or I'm going to take your house and I'm going to tell you the history of everything that exists in your house in the most interesting way that I can. So like, Hey, you see your refrigerator? But you didn't know there was a really interesting story behind the development of the refrigerator and how it cools and how we figured that out and how it became commercial. And like that doesn't sound interesting, but in I think in in the neat trick that Bryson pulls over and over again, is it like it is interesting and like not just interesting, but like entertaining when he does it. Hey, y'all guys got books about Ukraine. Y'all guys. Yeah, I do. Should I do a better setup than that? Uh, no, it's fine. No, it's oh, really good. I mean, good. like, it's just, this is the Ukraine era, right? Everyone's got Ukraine flags on things, mm-hmm. like support Ukraine stuff. My book is called Death and the Penguin, and I'll stop you before you say anything. Mm-hmm. There is death in this book, and gosh darn it, there is also pink a penguin. Pink, just one. Well, I mean, there's one main penguin. There are other sort of like right, our hero supporting right. secondary supporting tertiary penguins, penguins. There is, I mean, and some would say there's actually two penguins, depending on how you look at it. Okay, just a yes would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about it. There's definitely there's there's at least nobody's one major like fact checking the the jokes. You know what I mean? Well. <laughs> I think there are probably, this is the internet we're dealing with here. There are probably people fact checking We are afraid the of the internet. That is true. Oh, and Nick, if you're looking for a book about Ukraine, I brought a book about the sneaky rise of Vladimir Putin. It's not exactly Ukraine, but it, but like it's definitely Ukraine's connected. number one enemy. Possibly. Ukraine's number one sense. enemy. The most unpopular man on planet Earth at the moment, you might say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's, Will Smith. Yeah, I feel like Jade is getting a lot of heat. Uh, that's going to be. Ooh. I feel like by the time this releases, that's going to be. It's going to be over. That's going like, to be gone. The new cycle that's moves too fast. Gone. Somebody else will slap somebody else, and we'll be that's true. off of that. Yeah. So I brought a book from 2012. It's called "The Man Without a Face: The Unlikely Rise of Vladimir Putin." Um, and before mm. you ask, uh, Vladimir Putin does have a face, Nick. I've seen pictures of him. But it, I think it's more of like a, a symbolic <laughs> <laughs> And more on this next week. <laughs> Give us an example of something that he kind of breaks down that was just like, oh, that's really cool. That made me look at it differently. I didn't know that or whatever. What was your favorite thing? 
So, for example, at one point he's talking about asteroids and like and how close asteroids come to Earth and how frequently asteroids come really really close to earth and are basically totally undetected until like the last possible minute like undetected you guys know armageddon right the movie yes, or of it. the the movie where I, I is this is the movie where bruce willis is a space cowboy a space driller and he goes up and drills a hole in an asteroid to stop it from hitting earth yes rest Probably. in peace bruce willis's yeah. acting career but yes rest in peace bruce willis is acting great so in that like the premise of that movie is hey if there's an asteroid that's going to hit earth we're going to have some warning ahead of time we'll be able to send up a crew we'll be able to hit it we'll be able to drill it all this stuff um bryson disabuses you of that notion in here he says hey if there's an asteroid that's going to hit earth we probably aren't even going to know it exists until it hits the atmosphere and lights up all of a sudden Mm. and then about one second later it's going to hit the planet (laughs) is what he says that's actually really great to know yeah it's nice So he says, in 1991, an asteroid passed Earth at a distance of 100,000 miles, the cosmic equivalent of a bullet passing through your sleeve without touching your arm. And just that little phrase, a bullet passing through your sleeve without touching your arm, is so vivid and evocative. And it's like, oh, that really gives me a sense of how dangerous and unnoticed that asteroid was. When talking about like drilling into the earth, like, like, the, you know, we have the crust and the mantle and the upper core the sauce, and the inner the core, cheese. And the, the, you yeah. got it. He says, he talks about all the deepest holes in the world. He has like this whole section in the chapter about the deepest holes that humans have ever drilled in the world and how they seem incredibly, incredibly deep to us, but how they're just an absolute joke on, the, on terms of the scale. And he says, if the earth were a size of an apple, we haven't yet broken its skin. Which is beautiful. Like, this isn't an orange and its skin. It's an apple and its skin, which is just nothing, which I love. He talks about the brevity of human human history on this planet. And he says, if you want to know how long humans have been around, right, take your arms and stretch them as far as you can. Okay. From side to side. Yep. Ian, are you ready? I'm ready. Yep. Arms, I'm, side I'm to stretching. side. Perfect. Stretched. Okay. Ian, Ian, you're not side stretching them correctly. You have to stretch them so they're long. There you go. Sorry. I'm so stretch them as far as you can. He says stretched. that represents the history of the earth, right? Like that is how long planet earth has been here. Okay. He says you can eliminate all of human history by taking a nail file and dragging it across your middle finger on one hand one time. Okay, but why does it have to be my middle finger? That seems a little obvious. It's your longest finger. It's your longest finger. What if I have abnormal fingers? Guys, Ian has Does he mention abnormal fingers, Joe? He does not mention Ian specifically. Elongated pinkies, perhaps? Well, the people, I'm not the only one who suffers from this. There are a lot of people who suffer from abnormal fingers. Oh my God, Ian's pinky is monstrous. (laughs) Lidheads, do do, uh, sound off in the comments if you have, if you've been afflicted with abnormal fingers. (laughs) Okay, so don't file our nails. Don't Joe, file your nails. You'll limit all of human history. Yikes. Joe, is he just is he just kind of like saying some is he just kind of like listing you thought you knew this, but yeah. actually it's this. Yeah, okay. If he is, I have an example of what that might sound like, um, and it comes in the form of a hobbit fact. Um <laughs> people it. might say, Oh, like Hobbit, the Hobbit, the Hobbit, the Hobbit, Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. It's clearly an I've, analog for Europe. Mm. But but if you look, and this is me doing my Bill Bryson, but uh-huh. in fact, if you look more closely, Actually, the hobbits, they have they have potatoes and they have something like tobacco. You know what has t- potatoes and tobacco? Not Europe, but South America. So the hobbits are South American, not 
That's my bill. Is that kind of what he's doing? Kind of like you thought you knew this, but you actually knew something else. It doesn't sound very deep, Joe, but it does sound interesting. I imagine this is kind of a quick, easy read, like pick up a chapter and yeah, so it's it's a really light read. It's a, it's a kind yeah. of a long book. It's like 550, 600 pages. Something. Whoa, there's a lot and to get through. He has to get everything. Uh, but he it. only, he doesn't get everything. So, no, he so. gets nearly everything. Book sounds great, Joe. Um, this is a book that I probably reread or re-listen to probably like once a year, I'd say I reread this book. Um, and yeah, I, I really dig it. And I, I always wonder why I keep coming back to it. But I think it That's is my because question it's- too. Like, I think it is because like it is- playful it is inviting and i think like the the real trick that this book plays on me every single time is like when i read this book sometimes it makes me feel like 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 really big and powerful like it makes me feel like humans are awesome and like look at all this stuff that we figured it out and sometimes it makes me feel like really small and insignificant but like every time i read this book it makes me feel so 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 lucky to be mm. like a living entity on this planet when I live who can like contemplate these things. Like it it makes me feel lucky to be alive when I read this book. And I think that's why I just keep coming back to it over and over. I would say I I feel, I feel gratitude that you're alive too, because I think doing a podcast with uh, your corpse would be (laughs) nearly impossible. (laughs) Lit heads. Lit heads. Um, Litheads, if you want to give us a short history of nearly everything that you like, <laughs> go to our website, you don't know that podcast.com and suggest a theme or suggest a book. Um, we've gotten some great theme recommendations recently, and we're really excited to share those, to, to read the books and to talk about the themes that you suggest. And to clarify, our admin professional <laughs> who, who, who will remain nameless. <laughs> finally had a chance to go through some of these emails and dig up some real gems uh and by gems i mean all of them they're all great we just uh have they've just been sitting in an inbox for a while so yeah. uh-huh. I, and i would also like to point out that we we did ask that admin professional several times and, for they, these, yeah. and he kept just insisting that they were I mean, already there we have such a massive organization here i mean we we have the the um the whole the financial divisions. side that deals with like Audible oh, and yeah. Bill Bryson's checks. Integration. And then we have yeah. litigation, the litigation Our legal department. Team, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I think it's it's not surprising that the admin It just takes a while uh, to go through all the different layers. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's a lot. There's a, And you got to click a bunch of times. There's a lot of clicking. <laughs> the point is, lit heads, lit heads, please. Um, uh, keep submitting uh, those themes and recommendations um, because, frankly, I've, I've gotten through all the books I've ever read, so I need people to tell me new books mm-hmm. <laughs> exist. Um you can also go to a podcast player of your choice, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something like that. Leave a review, like, subscribe, do whatever it tells you to do. Just bow down to the algorithm. Uh, if you do leave us... Oh, hail the do, algorithm. If you do leave us a <laughs> review, make those five stars. Think about it this way. There are a bunch of stars up in the skies, the night sky. Five is the least you can do. Right. Um, Comparatively. Ian, did he follow the rules? Um, well, what do you the, his book was much more about science and about history. My mm. quotes are really, really history focused. <laughs> um, I do think that my second, my, sorry, my first rule about history, never looking like history when you're living through it. Mm. His book is, his book is good because it points us to how we are living through some interesting history right now, uh-huh. scientifically speaking. I agree. I concur. 
All right. This is, um, in the interest of avoiding spoilers, this is from the introduction to the book. And uh, also, it's a book that I think really does a good, or it's a quote that really does a nice job of capturing his tone and kind of hinting at that, boy, aren't you lucky to be here thing. Bill Bryson writes, to get from protoplasmal primordial atomic globule, as the Gilbert and Sullivan song wow. would put it, to sentient upright modern human has required you to mutate new traits over and over in a precisely timely manner for an exceedingly long while. So at various times over the last 3.8 billion years, you've abhorred oxygen and then doted on it. You've grown fins and limbs and jaunty sails. You've laid eggs, flicked the air with a forked tongue, been sleek, been furry, lived underground, lived in trees. You've been as big as a deer and as small as a mouse and a million things more. The tiniest deviation from any of these evolutionary shifts, and you might now be licking algae from a cave wall or lolling walrus-like on some stony shore or disgorging air through a blowhole in the top of your head before diving 60 feet for a mouthful of delicious sandworms. Not only have you been lucky enough to be attached since time immemorial to a favored evolutionary line, but you've also been extremely, make that miraculously fortunate in your personal ancestry. Consider the fact that for 3.8 billion years, a period of time older than the Earth's mountains and rivers and oceans, every one of your forebears on both sides has been attractive enough to find a mate, healthy enough to reproduce, and sufficiently blessed by fate and circumstance to live long enough to do so. Not one of your pertinent ancestors was squashed, devoured, drowned, starved, stranded, stuck fast, untimely wounded, or otherwise deflected from its life quest of delivering a tiny charge of genetic material to the right partner at the right moment in order to perpetuate the only possible sequence of hereditary combinations that would result eventually, astoundingly, and all too briefly in you. Thank you.